Welcome to First Baptist Church. You're listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead. Please check us out on the internet at fbcboron.org. Hi there, this is Pastor Sherman Burkhead, and this is Grace and Truth, a devotion that's meant to encourage you, but it's also meant to challenge you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ through a time in the Word and time in prayer. And I want to thank you so much for joining me today. Today is April the 22nd, 2020, and um, I want you to know I began this devotion several weeks ago because I really just wanted to help our church family here at First Baptist Church to stay connected with one another during this time of quarantine. Um, because things are really, really weird. Like we're not able to be with each other. And so my goal has been to take a little time um, and for us to spend some time in the word and some time in the prayer together in order to encourage you and and to strengthen our church family. Because again, like we've not been able to be together uh, for service on Sunday mornings and we've not been able to be together for Bible study. Um, The reality is, is a Christian life is meant to be lived in community. And so far, our community has had to be virtual. And so I've been attempting to stay connected. But as these days have gone by, there have been more and more people who've been joining us from the outside of our church family and people from outside of our community. In fact, there have been people as far away as New York who have been turning to grace and truth and listening and participating. And, you know, I'm, I'm really just grateful to God for that. And, and, and I want you to know, if that's you, if you're someone who, who doesn't normally attend First Baptist Church here in Boron, or if you're someone out of the area, I want you to know that I am grateful to God for you. I'm grateful that God has connected us as a wider family. I'm I'm grateful to God that he has put it on your heart to to listen and to be here. I'm grateful to God that you have a desire for his word and to know him better. I'm just grateful to God for the work he's doing in you. And I would love to hear from you, either on Facebook or or via email, or you can call us at the office. I would love to know how we can pray for you. I would love to know more about you. And I would certainly love to know if this time together has been helpful to you. Just know that I'm grateful to God for you. But with that, for all of you, what are you grateful to God for? And, And as always, I would love to hear how, how God has made you grateful. And what are the things that you're saying in your life right now that you're grateful for? I'd love to hear that. And I would love to hear your questions if you have any questions about faith, questions about the Bible, and, and even maybe how you can have a relationship with Christ if you don't have one. Again, you can reach me here on Facebook and message me here, or you can email us at fbcboron at gmail.com, or you can call me at the office at 760-762-5149. I would really love to hear from you. Now, with that, if you have a Bible, please take it out and turn with me to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, we're going to be looking at verses 28 through 33. And the word of the Lord reads this way. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, saying, O you of little faith, why do you doubt? And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, You truly are the Son of God. Fear, anxiety, and worry. These are very common themes in our life today. 
People are very worried about the economy. People are worried about getting sick. People are worried about their loved ones. People are worried about getting a fine for not wearing a mask, which is their constitutional right to do. But, but let's face it, right? These fear and worry and anxiety, these aren't new things. These are things that have been plaguing so many of us, maybe even you right now, long before COVID-19 was even a word that we even knew. So many of us have lived and continue to live in perpetual fear and anxiety and worry. And our fears, as, I, as I've talked about in the book, Distracted, Finding God in a Chaotic World, fall into basically three categories. There are three basic kinds of fears. You have fear of the past, something that you've done in the past that might catch up with you, or something that someone's done to you in the past that you don't want other people to know about. There's something that's happened in the past that concerns you and worries you. But then there's fear of our current circumstances, what's happening now. Right? The fear of getting COVID-19, the fear of your, of, of your retirement system completely collapsing, the fear of losing your job, the fear of not being able to pay your bills, current fears, things that are happening now that consume you. But then there's the fear of the unknown. You know, not that you don't know things, but what's going to happen next. In fact, the fear of the unknown can be qualified with the words, what if, what if, you know, the government fails? What if my stimulus check doesn't come? What if, you know, my family members get the the virus? What if, you know, we they, they lock us down even further? What if we never get back to normal? What if, what if, what if? These are the things that plague our mind. These are the things that we worry about. Fears of the past, fear of our current circumstances, and fear of the unknown. And, and please understand, fear isn't always bad. Fear can be a good thing in the right context. If you're walking through the woods and you see off in the distance a mother bear and her cubs, a healthy fear will encourage you to stay away and be smart. If you're walking along, you know, and not paying attention and you step off the curb and you hear a horn honk of an oncoming car, that fear can then motivate you back onto the curb where it's safe. Fear in the right context and in the right proportion can be a good thing. It's a natural response to dangerous stimuli. But most of the time, for us, fear is unhealthy. And it's unhealthy for three reasons. Number one, fear and worry and anxiety tend to be emotions that get out of balance for us really, really quickly. They tend to consume us. They tend to dominate our thoughts when things go wrong or can go wrong. We think about things. We ruminate, we ruminate about things. We let them eat us up. They, we, let us, we let our fears get out of balance and consume us. Oftentimes, we get so fearful that we don't make right decisions. We get so fearful we're thinking that other people must think certain things and our fear keeps us from, from validating those things. That fear can, can quickly get out of balance and become disproportionate in our lives. That's number one. Number two, fear is ultimately the futile attempt for us trying to control what we can't control. Your fear is rooted in trying to control what you cannot control. And that's really the heart of fear. You want to control the past. You want to control your current circumstances. You want to control the unknown. But guess what? You're not in control. In fact, this is the moment I think you should stop right where you are right, and acknowledge this truth. You are not in control. You're not in control of the weather. 
You're not in control of the, the economy. You're not in control when the government opens back up. You're not even in control of your own kids, even though they're at home with you right now. You're not in control of elections that are coming up in this year. You're not in control of what happens with Russia, right? You're not in control of the traffic or you know on the freeway. You can't control cancer or the planetary alignments or gravity or the wind out here in Boron or the pace of technology itself. In fact, if you're honest, you'll admit almost all the time you can't even control yourself. That's number two. Number three is your fear indicates a lack of trust in God. And that's probably the part that's hardest to hear, but you need to hear it. I need to hear it. This is grace and truth, right? Fear tends to be a sign that you're trusting in something else or someone else other than God. Like you're trusting in your own ability to control things that you can't control, or you're trusting in your ability to worry hard enough and, and long enough that somehow, some way, by magical osmosis that your worry is going to change your circumstances. Your fear, and, your fear and anxiety is a sign that you have taken your eyes off of Christ and placed them on something else. And that's the issue, which is what happened to Peter. He took his eyes off of Christ in the midst of a storm and he began to sink. I mean, I mean, think about this. Peter was doing something that no one else in the world has ever done besides Christ. He began to walk on water. Jesus, remember, came to them in the midst of a storm and when he walked up, they were terrified because they thought he was a ghost. Then he said, it's, it's me, don't worry. And then he calmed down. And then Peter's like, hey, if you're walking on water, call me out there and I'll walk on the water with you. Because he trusted in Christ. And he did. Jesus said, come. And Peter began to walk on the water. Now, I, I can't imagine what that moment must have been like. And what incredible faith he had to do that. And how Christ absolutely held him up. But then his eyes got diverted from Christ and he began to see the circumstances around him, the wind and the waves around him, and he began to sink. And it's, it's the same with us. As we look at our situations and our circumstances, as we become overwhelmed by fear and anxiety and worry, we begin to sink into the depths of our own emotions, right? That is what happens when we lose sight of Christ. That is what happens when we take our eyes off of him. Now understand, the storm in Peter's life and the storm that he was facing was very real and very dangerous. It's not like it was an illusion. And the difficulties you face right now and the circumstances that you're dealing with are just as serious. They have real consequences. If they didn't, you wouldn't worry. But here's the thing. Peter was in the presence of God incarnate. He was with the one who was in full control. He was with the one who could protect him. He was with the one who could actually do anything about his situation. And the truth is, if you're a believer, it's the same for us. Not only God has, has God rescued you and solved your greatest problem that you will ever face, the problem of your sin and your need of forgiveness, right? God has himself made a point to be with you. The sovereign Lord of the universe is personally with you and he's for you. This is one of the greatest truths in all of Christianity. Not only are you saved, but God comes to dwell in you and with you. Right? The one who, who can fix all things, the one who can change all things, the one who's in control of every little tiny detail in the universe, that God, if you're a Christian, resides 
in you and is always near you. And here's the thing. You're just not some subject that he rules over. Yes, he's the king, but you're also his beloved child. He adopted you as family, and he has promised to never leave you. He has promised to never forsake you, and he's promised to work all things, all things, even the things you're going through right now, out for your good. And you can absolutely be sure that he will. And so you should keep your eyes on him, and you absolutely should trust him because he's the one who can deliver you. He is the one who can see you through the difficulties you face right now. You need to keep your eyes on him. That is the issue. Keep your eyes on Jesus. But how do I do that? I mean, it's easy to say, don't be afraid. Those are easy words, right? Don't worry, right? Don't be anxious. Keep your eyes on Jesus. These are, these are things that are easy to say, but sometimes things in life are just super hard and overwhelming and really scary. I know what you're telling me to do, but how do I do it? How do I keep my eyes on Christ and not walk in fear, especially when there's so much happening right now? Well, I can't give you all the answers in the short devotion. There's a lot to this. In fact, in the link um, to this, I, I mean, in, in the description of this, I'm going to send you a link to, uh, to a sermon uh related to the subject, and then also a link to the copy of my book there where I talk about this subject. But I, I want to give you some practical things in our time together that we have left. And what I want to begin to first with is, number one, you need to cry out to Jesus. When you find yourself sinking in your fear, you need to be just like Peter. Because what we see in Peter is that when he began to sink, he cried out to Jesus, Lord Jesus, save me. And Jesus did. At least Peter knew, even though he took his eyes off of him, he knew what to do when he began to sink. He knew exactly where to turn. He turned to Christ. And that's exactly what I encourage you to do. When you find that fear and anxiety and, and, and worry are overwhelming your heart and your mind, you cry out to, Lord, to the Lord, Lord Jesus, save me. Rescue me from this. Set my eyes upon you. Draw my heart closer to you. Help me to overcome my fears. He is the place you need to turn. Number two, and I think this is probably really one of the most important parts of the application, probably the hardest to do, but it's one of the most important is to make spending time with God a priority. Again, something I talk about in the book, but it's, it's important. You have to set an appointment with God. You must spend time with God. And don't get me wrong, spending time together here with this devotion is important. And I would certainly help, hope that it's helpful to you, but you need to to spend time alone with the king every day. You personally need to get alone with God. You need to be alone with God in his word. You need to read it. You need to meditate on it. You need to study it for yourself. And then you need time in prayer. You need to pour out your heart to God. Remember, the Bible says, cast your cares upon him because he cares about you. And the fact of the matter is, is you have the privilege, the moment you begin praying, that you're standing in the throne room of grace and God is listening to you. He hears your prayers. Every day, spend time with him. When you do that, when, you're, when you spend time in the word, you get to know God more and your heart gets strengthened. And when you spend time with, in prayer, you grow in intimacy with God. And again, that strengthens you as well. You need to do that every day, not once a week, every day. Number three, you need to train yourself to recognize that when you feel fear and when you feel anxiety and worry, 
that that's a built-in signal in your life that you need now to turn back to Christ. Just the same way when you realize that you're in sin, you realize you need to repent and continue to believe the gospel, that it's, 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 it's a signal to remind you to turn back to Christ. Let your fear, anxiety, and worry be the same thing. When you feel fear, worry, and anxiety, it should tell you, I need to turn to Christ right now. I need to put my heart back on him right now. And then number four, to the best of your ability, stay connected. Even though it's hard right now because of social distancing, you and I still need each other, right? And that's why I'm doing this is so we can stay connected. And so if you're struggling with, you know, with, with things in your life, you know, and when you're struggling in fears, what I want to encourage you to do is you need to reach out to other believers. You need to reach out to the deacons that are in your church. You need to reach out to your pastor. You need to reach out to, to, to your neighbors and, and, and fellow Christians, right? The Christian life was never meant to be lived alone. And we certainly have big challenges when it comes to that, but still make a phone call, right? Text messages, emails, social media, Zoom calls, you know, FaceTime, whatever you have to do, reach out, right? Again, the Christian life is not meant to be lived alone. You are called to live in community and we're supposed to bear one of those burdens and share each other's burdens. And so if you have fears that are that are running your life, you need to let other people help you bear that burden and help point you back to Christ. And so stay connected. The fact of the matter is we live in a fallen, broken world, and there's going to be more than enough to worry about every day, and there will continue to be from here on until Christ comes back. But you and I do not have to live in a constant state of fear and anxiety because God, who created all things, the God of the universe, the God who is sovereign. That God loves you. He is with you. And he willingly paid a price to rescue you. How will he not much more than see you through even this right now? You can trust in him. Let me encourage you to do so. But let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you so much for the truth that we can keep our eyes set on you and that you have promised to deliver us through. That not, not only is your promise for tomorrow, for deliverance, but for strength for today. That your abiding presence is our helper, that you are with us, Lord. And your word says, if we abide in you, then you abide in us. And that, Father, that we can do nothing apart from you, Lord. So help us to stay connected to you and connected to one another, Father. Help us to keep our eyes on Jesus. Help us, whether it's through worship music, whether it's through, you know, preaching videos, whether it's through reading the word, whatever we need to do to keep our hearts and minds focused on you, understanding you're in control and we are not. Helping us to remember, Lord God, that we can trust you in all circumstances. Father, I pray that all of us would be moved to that. And I pray for those who especially are struggling with fear right now in this moment. I pray that you would comfort their hearts and give them a peace that surpasses all understanding, Father. I pray that right now. Father, we pray for the victims um, of this virus, those who are sick, that you would heal them. We pray for the frontline workers that you'd protect them. You would also pray that you would protect, uh, Lord God, um, the people that are working, that the essential workers. We also pray, Lord God, that you would help our economy to get started again, that you would help the people who are suffering financially to, to be made whole, Lord God, that you would help them, Father, to, um, to pay their bills and, and to buy the things that they need. I pray, Father, that you would just protect them today. I pray, Father, for this community. 
I pray, Father, that you would help us to be unified in our efforts, Lord God, to protect one another. But also, I pray, Father, we would be respectful to each other. I pray, Father, uh, for for uh, for your church family here in Boron, that you would help us to be strengthened and connected to one another, and we would reach out to each other and and love on each other during this time. I pray, Father, for uh, for our country that Father things would get back on the right track and that they would get back we'd get back on our feet father god i pray father that our kids lord god would be able to survive right now um i am praying lord god that the teachers would have wisdom to be able to give them appropriate amounts of homework where they're just not overwhelmed and straining family relationships i am just praying lord god for wisdom there and i'm praying lord that you would help to alleviate the struggling for our kids and our our families there's just a lot going on but I pray, Father God, most importantly, that your gospel would go out and that it would use this as an opportunity for people to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ and that you'd move hearts to repent and believe. And we thank you for that. And I pray for revival in our community. I pray for revival in our country and in our world. And I thank you, Lord God, for all that you're doing. We give you the praise, honor, and glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. So with that, you can trust God anytime, anywhere, no matter what the circumstances are. Whatever fears you have, whatever worries you have, lay them at the feet of Jesus. He will take care of you. So with that, please know that you were loved, you were prayed for, and you were deeply missed. Grace and peace. We will talk to you soon. You've been listening to the preaching ministry of Pastor Sherman Burkhead, a production of First Baptist Church in Boron, California. Our website address is fbcboron.org. And would you please consider partnering with us financially as we work to share the hope and the gospel of Jesus Christ with our community and our world.